Well, hello and welcome to the Relationships Are Underrated podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Asley. And I'm your host, Trip Kramer. Hey, Trip, how you doing today? I'm doing good. You almost forgot the name of the podcast for a second. I did. <laughs> you said, well, oh, I was yeah. thinking about the title of our topic today, so I kind of got a little, you know, my brain got a little uh, farted there, <laughs> if that's a word. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> well, we, we talked about why relationships are underrated in episode yeah. one, or at least yeah. we gave a little bit of our opinions on that. Yeah. And today, I think it's pretty exciting what we're going to talk about is what the heck is a relationship anyway, really? What is a relationship? Have you been giving any thought to this? No. <laughs> really? No. You're, no, oh, I come mean, on. You've been thinking no, about this for I a do. long time. I've been thinking about this for, for years. I think it's something I'm always thinking Oh, about. I have Not a confession. Thinking. What's that? So, okay, I'm a bit older than you. And I, it's so funny because I, I I'm... Really, I can't believe I'm going to say this publicly. <laughs> so I used to watch a TV show when I was growing up called Heart to Heart. And it was about this rich industrialist and he marries this kind of glamorous woman. And each weekend, they, they seem to always seem to have to solve a murder, you know, and it was kind of a cute romantic comedy. And I literally, in my mind, like that was the relationship I wanted, the relationship the two of them had for themselves. And I mean, and I've been thinking about this for 40 years. <laughs> Wait, what was it about that relationship that you liked so much? You know, I love the way they bantered with each other, the way they were romantic with each other, the way they were passionate with each other. It was like there was genuine teamwork between the two of them. And that's been my role model on some subconscious, well, not a subconscious level, on a conscious level. I thought that's what I want. You know, I would love to be the millionaire that also, or the billionaire, quite frankly, nowadays, because back then uh, with a private jet. So, but I'm good if that doesn't happen in my life either. <laughs> so teamwork, do you feel like you have had teamwork in your past relationships? You know, in my marriage, if I'm being truly transparent, no. And then part of it, I, I have to take my responsibility of like, I hyper-focused on being the provider protector. And but we never really, we never really discussed our relationship. It was just so kind of, I'm trying to think of the word, ambivalent to it. I feel like the world has changed a lot in the last 40 years in particular, or at least I'd like to think it has. And back then, I was very unconscious to the relationship itself, which really kind of is a great segue for what we're talking about today, because my generation, it was more rote. You were supposed to, you know, the, the husband did this and the wife did this, and there wasn't any real communication on the relationship and of itself. I don't hate the idea, though, of roles in a relationship. And that does kind of answer the question today of what the heck is a relationship, one could say, and, and I would even say, that a relationship is is roles. Now, of course, you might think gender roles, but I wouldn't even say gender roles. I would say roles is that everyone has a role. Sometimes they're the same. Sometimes they're different. And it depends what that is. So I would say so, what the heck is a relationship? It's two people who are playing roles for each other in each other's life. See, now, I have a version to the word roles. 
Um, now, can I, and this is where- Do you have another, I, you have a better word? Yeah, so this is where I'd like to play with it a little bit. I think each person has a responsibility within their, now I was going to say their role, but <laughs> I don't well, I I think kind of contradicted myself. But it's I synonymous. Like, well, is it though? Because I feel like a role is an expectation, whereas a responsibility is a, an empowerment. And that's where, like- and when I think of my mom and dad, they, my, there was roles. My dad was the breadwinner. My mom was the homemaker. And, you know, she did the cooking and he took care of the bills. And today, I feel like certainly traditional roles have a different connotation than maybe in the past. And, and I don't know. I mean, when I say I don't know, I mean, I don't want to judge or criticize anyone's you know, decisions, you know, I'm just giving you my perspective. But I think uh, there is an expectation in, in roles. I think it's all connected. I like what you're saying, responsibilities, but I think there is an expectation. You expect your partner to hold up their responsibilities in the relationship. Again, we're kind of being vague here because what are these responsibilities? What are these roles? I don't know. Maybe this is a conversation for another topic, but. You know, oh, absolutely. Uh, we can talk about this. Uh, a topic frequently. for another conversation. Did yeah. I say that right? I don't know. Well, I think you mean for another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that is what I mean. Yeah. But, uh, it is roles. But here, let's 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 talk about this. Let's go a little bit deeper. So what is the purpose of a relationship? Do you want to start there, Jonathan? Yeah, because and, and let's kind of differentiate between two people that have started dating and they're, you know, they've agreed to being boyfriend and girlfriend as one example. So they're in that exclusive relationship. I feel like if you're going down that path of getting to know each other and you've become boyfriend and girlfriend, you've decided on monogamy and exclusivity and there's a level of commitment, I feel like the purpose of a relationship is kind of a vetting and decision-making process if you want to be with someone long-term versus short-term. That's kind of the way I view the purpose of the... And I, it's again, it's not dating because you've agreed to be in a relationship with each other, but we still typically call it dating, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, okay, so let's think here. So I'm, I'm thinking the purpose of a relationship. It's almost like when you say the word purpose, you think of the word why. It's like, why are you in a relationship or why do yeah. people want to be in relationships? And there's all kinds of reasons. I would say that the, maybe the more healthy version, in my opinion, the purpose of a relationship is a couple things companionship yes we're humans we're mammals yes we want to connect with other people yeah and i would say the second thing would be a partnership so when you have a partner in your life it, this can be in all forms but we're talking about romantic relationships sure. when you have a partner in your life you can become a greater version of you and your partner can become a greater version of them you can become one plus one equals three. I, I believe I said this in the first episode. Yeah. So what is one plus one equals three? Well, it's not two, it's three. That means it's even bigger than two people. You know, and so you can look at that in all different ways. You can look at a relationship as one plus one equals three because my partner emotionally supports me, physically supports me, helps me with things that maybe I wouldn't have time sure. to do or would say your partner has a different perspective on things, can uplift you. It can be a way to help yourself grow so i believe well that let me ask the, the, you though that partnership really can make a big difference in yeah. the optimization 
of your life. I don't know. Optimization is kind of an interesting word here, but I think you know what I mean. Well, you're yeah, op actually optimizing or your self, life is a self-actualization. Okay. So I'm in full agreement with you. It kind of piggybacks what I said earlier about what I liked about the relationship of heart to heart was teamwork. And really that's what partnership is. So, well, let's, let's, here, I know you have something you want to say, share it. <laughs> I was just going to say self-actualization was the correct terminology. I just looked it up. Self-actualization, the realization or fulfillment of one's talents and potentialities. So I believe so that optimizing, I see where you're going with that. Yeah, exactly. I think that that is really, it's funny because it's called self-actualization, but I'm saying that it helps to get to that point when you have a partner, it does help. Oh, absolutely. I believe one of the purposes of a relationship is actually to, we'll say, heal, you know, childhood wounds and traumas you might have and, you know, growing up and you it's through a another person that we can heal one another. So, I mean, which is a, an, in essence what we're talking about in the area of self-actualization, self-healing and so forth. So, yeah, I also think, though, well, let's talk about you and Megan for a second. When did you guys go from being, for lack of a better word, a boyfriend and girlfriend to shifting to partnership? Because I'm sure it wasn't partnership in the first six months of the relationship, or Great was it? Great point. Fantastic point. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't on a conscious, or no, not conscious. Uh, maybe it wasn't on a... Deliberate? Deliberate, that's a great word. Or, or verbal, like like spoken. Yeah partnership yeah i think yeah. that that became more of maybe your typical partnership by air quote when we moved in together and i believe that roles become a little bit more defined when you live with someone yeah by the way we got to write that down that's a great episode to do is like moving in together right because that's a oh yeah 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 put that make a mental note <laughs> okay so so but the question that you're kind of asking is what about before that yeah was there a partnership before that. Well, I think it's more companionship for a while. If you well, want to I've simplify always it's, it. I always say it's companionship, connection, and sex uh, because the physical aspect is, a, you know, we can talk about that. I would consider that, that companionship bit. too, but yeah. Oh, well, no, no, no. I got to have to jump in here because there are people that are literally in companionship relationships that don't have a physical component to it. Not oh, oh but, and that's okay yeah. too. I mean, yeah. and at the same time there's a big difference if that's part of what you want. So here's the thing though. So we talked about partnership and everything. What about those relationships where they don't talk about what the purpose of this relationship is. Those couples that are kind of going like, you know, I'm afraid to speak up because I'm a I'm afraid that, you know, my partner will leave me if I want to define the relationship, right? You know, that happens frequently, that fear of like, oh, well, if I talk about I, I don't it, know if you're in a relationship at that point. I think you're still dating at that point. Well, you've committed to monogamy and exclusivity. So you've you called each talk. other boyfriend and girlfriend. You've had that talk. But so again, coming back to the purpose, I really do believe there's a real value and having deliberate conversations sooner rather than later. because About, wh about which part? Well, what are we doing this for? Like, are we doing it just to spend time or do we want to grow together? Going back to the self-actualization. Is this just, hey, we're spending time? You know, or are we growing together? 
And that that is really cool. I don't think most couples talk about that. I don't well, even know I if do. Megan and I really talk. Well, you do. You're a very special breed. Well, but wait I, a minute. You, you've been talking about raising a family. You're talking about getting married. That's a growth. There is... Okay, uh, and, so you say that's, that's part of it. Okay. Yeah, because there was a... Well, let's go back to when you were looking for... A, you know, when you were dating, one of the things you wanted was a woman who wanted to make babies. So you had an intentionality. It's a little bit different for my gender group because, especially the midlife folks, because you're know, raising not a your, family. Not your gender group, your age group. Oh, excuse me. Thank you for the correction. Just helping. No, I appreciate that. See, Jonathan, I, 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 I listen I, to you. I, listen I hope to I don't you. get canceled for that one. <laughs> There's a lack of intentionality with those of us in midlife. And at least I remember when I was in my 20s and 30, my 20s in particular, because that's when I got married, there was an intentionality. I wanted to mother of my children i wanted a wife at least you know that was the main that was the purpose i didn't See, go much beyond that because no, i got this divorced is, <laughs> this is really interesting I, I because i'm not in my midlife and i'm in my yeah. 30s i don't think about that fact that what is the purpose if you're in a midlife relationship and you're divorced and you've had your kids and they're grown up what is the purpose after that I wonder. I wonder so, if, if even marriage, this is a whole other topic, but I wonder if marriage is even worth it in your midlife if you're not planning on having children. Like, what's the point? Um. Well, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Well, I mean, but we is it though, actually? Because we're talking, well, the, the title is What the Heck is a Relationship? Okay, okay, so, okay. So, so if you so want to go I'm, down I'm kind that of talking road. about that. Because we kind of know what the purpose of a relationship is for my age group. Yeah. Not gender group. My age group, right? <laughs> oh, you're going to really, you're going to make yeah. me pay I, for I'm, that I'm, one. I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to mess with you. But, you know, it's, it's babies, it's marriage, it's raising a family, yeah. typically, generally speaking. But for the midlife, someone like you, what's that? Like 50 plus? Well, I've, I've openly admitted I'm in my 50s. I won't give my exact age. That's so, <laughs> so lame. So I know. Lame. So, uh, um, so, so here's I, the challenge, though. Okay, so, you know, I, I often call it the Brady Bunch syndrome. And what that means is, you know, when I was growing up, Brady Bunch made it look so easy that two people could blend lives together with all their families. And their biggest problem was the knapsack race that they had. And, you know, and Marsha got her you know, nose broken through a football or whatever happened. So uh, <laughs> and in my demographic, it's a lot different. How do you blend lives if there's children, if there's distance, if there's job related? Is there alimony, child support, visitation rights, an angry ex? I mean, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. Erectile dysfunction, elderly parents and assisted living. This is where there's a lot more minutia going on. And what I've observed is a lot of couples in midlife really have no clue as to what the purpose of the relationship other than spending time together. And I'm a proponent of growing with an individual. It's one of the reasons why I love watching your relationship, because I've been witnessing the two of you grow together. And not because it's just about me just starting a family, but the two of you actually consciously grow together. I know you said earlier you didn't think you do, but when Megan was reading the book, untethered soul and i saw that picture of her i was like that's a woman who wants to grow beyond the surface which i love but what about in the midlife though okay 
So what does growing together look like post 40, 50 when you're in a relationship? So great question. And like I what feel does growing together mean? Well, a couple things. First off is that agreement that you want to grow old with somebody, that you want to be there for each other because the reality is, is the days in front of you are going to be shorter than the days behind you. And, you know, once you start getting, you know, closer to 60 plus, you know, there could be physical ailments that begin to surface. And it's, it's saying, is this person going to be there for me? If I'm going through cancer, is this person going to be there for me? If I'm going through a physical ailment in my life, because ultimately, you know, it's, not that far off that that will happen. You know, you know what I heard that the average, uh, the mortality is actually 80 years old. I thought it was a a bit older than that. That Uh, Sounds um, about right. I thought it was 85. So, (laughs) you know, like I'm not that far off from that age is what I'm getting at. (laughs) Well, this is a whole other topic, but I think you're a very healthy man. So I wouldn't worry about it. Yes. But yes, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this concept of growing together. I'm thinking of, I'm putting myself in the shoes. Okay. Let's say I'm divorced. I'm 55 years old. My kids are all grown up and now I'm looking for a relationship. What would I be looking for? Well, I know off the bat, I can say this, but I would say this even if I was 22 versus even 55 or 60 is I'd be wanting someone who can add to my life. I need someone well, that's to add it. to my life. So it's like, how what can is someone that? add what is to that? my life? What is adding to my life? You know, it's really, I, I and, I'm, and I'm not meaning Companionship. to parse words. Well, that, okay, well, we've already sex. said that. Well, huh. yeah, we're just kind of going through it. Companionship okay. and sex. And I can't, yeah, I can't, I don't know. That's it. I can't, <laughs> I can't think of so anything else. So here's what happens for those of us in midlife. This is where all our crap starts to surface our emotional crap. I mean, that's why it's called midlife crisis is you have a crisis of consciousness. And believe me, the older people are, there's this belief that they're more mature. Well, they might be more responsible in paying their bills. And at the same time, emotional maturity actually might not be, that's not something that comes with age. It comes with working on oneself. So a lot of couples meet in midlife and their emotional maturity might be rather weak. And so this partner is actually an opportunity to grow in a level of better communication and active listening skills. I'm, let me let me preface this, an opportunity. A lot of times it's not happening because they're not conscious to this. And this is one of the reasons why I'm such a big proponent of reading books like Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg and following the Gottman's work and such like that, because that's what growing together is by learning how can we even be better partners with one another based on all the crap we had in childhood and adulthood. I would say that even relates back to people who are 25 years old. Oh, absolutely. The thing is, it's you're practically kind of, the same thing. You're 25 years old. You don't have the no way you have the emotional maturity. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I take that. Yeah, but back. it's hard you for 25 year old but, because you think you're invincible and you think you know you your testosterone. You know, guys' testosterone think they can take on the world and they're going to become the next. Uh, I was going to say Mark Zuckerberg, but that's probably not a good person to call out these days. You know, the next. You know. Bezos or something, or, or Elon Musk, we'll go with him, you know. That, that, um, that, that's a little better, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay, it took me a while to get to someone that probably would, anyway. Uh, well, this begs the question, do men and women view relationships 
differently. And I think that's kind of what we're uh, sort yeah. of even, even getting to here. It's like you're talking about yeah. adding to adding to your life. So we're both men, so we can speak to this pretty clear on what we believe uh, or how we believe men view relationships. So I guess I you can want me start. to go first. Or, you or wait, you start? Well, you know, okay, so coming back to what I talked about in the 20s and 30s, the way I viewed a relationship was finding the, a wife and mother of my children. What I observed for men in my age bracket, I'll be candid with you, Trip. a lot of men are clueless. They really don't, you know, they're clueless as to what a relationship is. And I find that women, and then this is just an observation, not a projection, they tend to want more commitment than the men do in this age bracket. Are you just talking about a specific age bracket right now or in general? Let's talk about in well, general. I'm thinking of the divorce group that I tend to talk to. But let, I mean, if we come back to in general, well, let me ask you from your perspective, being a little bit younger. So the question here is, is do, do men, men and women, and women view relationships differently? I... I, uh, my my gut reaction is actually no, they don't. I think they're looking for practically the same things, but it does differ a little bit. I know that a uh, man looking for a relationship, I would hope. Were well, we talking about the looking piece or really now I just taught us something. Are we talking about what they're looking for or how they actually view it once they're in it? Because that kind of is... I, I realized that as we're saying uh, this, there's well, a big I don't know. difference. Uh, how do you view it once you're in it? How do you view a relationship once you're in it? That responsibility, the a, roles. <laughs> sure. I, it's such a big question. I almost don't yeah. know how to answer it in that in that way. Like yeah. how do they how do I view my relationship that I'm in it? I don't know. I guess it's different for everyone depending on what they're what, the, what they've created in the relationship. That's why well, I'm kind of answering it starting a little bit before of like, yeah. okay, I'm a guy. How do I view a relationship? What do I think it is? And I kind of get my answer in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Partnership, yeah. companionship, adding to my life, not taking away from my life. Is it adding to my life? Is it doing something for me versus, because listen, you know I've been in many relationships. And we even... Well, wait, wait, wait. Let's clarify that because I don't want everyone to think it's like 20 or 30 people. No, you've had... You, I mean, you've had... I thought it was four. College okay. person? College oh, person. I forgot college person. Okay, well, then that makes it five. I got it. Do you even want to... We can maybe... We can, we can say six if we want to include the high school. High school? I no. lost the virginity tour. No, by the know. way, when and, and I think we're talking about where you spent more than six months with somebody, not those, you know, couple short-lived. No, no, yeah. So all these relationships are... Or, or are, a year. Are, are older. One year older. Yeah, one year older. These yeah. are not like I've only had flings. two relationships that have been more than one year, a marriage yeah. and my significant relationship after my divorce. So what I was saying was, is that, yeah, these, these past relationships I've been in, either I... This is kind of a blanket statement, but yeah, I would say that either it took away from it took it did not add to my life. It just didn't add to my life. It was either neutral or bad, and that was the reason why I ended those relationships. Really? Bad? Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> the the one. Yeah. yeah. 
I feel like that helped you grow substantially. I want you to look at that with gratitude, oh, my absolutely. friend. Absolutely. Okay, okay. I, I was in a, I'll just say, I was in a relationship with someone who had a mental illness. Um, yeah. And so they were not able to have a relationship. Yeah. And so it, it just kind of fell apart. We'll just say that. But I lost track. We were somewhere really good. Well, we were talking track. about do men and women view relationships differently. And I was talking about how we view it beforehand versus how we're in yeah, it. And I hear think me men hear view me it for as a second. Some, okay. Okay, hear me I out for a second. I have now. So, uh, well, here my thought is. So, it's funny because before I'm in a relationship, I have this idea of what it looked like. And then you're in it, and it's nothing like what I thought it would be like. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that feels the same for you or, or any of our listeners, but boy, I can create a story of what it looks like. And then when you're in it, like, well, that's not how I thought it was going to be. Well, that's really my marriage, quite frankly, in a way. You had higher expectations and hopes. Oh my God! I well, I had I had both higher expectations and almost no expectations. It was like two sides of the coin. And I know that sounds like a dichotomy there, but what I mean is, I just had a fantasy that if you love each other, magic fairy dust will make everything will work out. <laughs> and that's I didn't know about the, the problems you deal with, like when you have differences of opinion. I had no conflict resolution skills. When I was in my 20s, because I had no relationship before that. I feel because I've had so many relationships and it's made me figure out what kind of relationship I want. Yeah. I don't mean to sound too cheesy or putting myself on, on a pedestal here, but I feel like I have truly created the relationship that I want and the type of relationship I want and the companionship and the type of person I want to be with and how they're adding to my life and how we this is this is i i don't i don't know if i could ask for more that's because you got lucky you got the unicorn <laughs> I, I don't know I, uh, listen i'm not saying it's easy to find yeah. a great partner but i do think it's it's really it is possible i mean you know i teach men in yeah. trip advice, I teach them how to meet an amazing partner. It just doesn't happen that fast necessarily. But then again, okay, you could say I found the unicorn, but how many dates and relationships did I have to go through to find that? Sure. And and by the way, I, I'm it's because I have a big affinity for Megan and I, I, I adore her and I love her and I'm excited to officiate your wedding. So I may be a little partial here. And let me just say this and we can move on because I don't want to belabor this is, you know, She's got a really good soul. Like she's a good person. And not to suggest, you know, everybody on some level isn't a good person, but, you know, she really has a really kind heart. And I'm just excited. So this is just your big brother, your uncle, happy for you energy. So I don't want to, let's I, not spend I all day appreciate with that it. But I want to say this about her, yeah. and this can give insight to the listeners about yeah. how a man such as myself views relationships yeah. based on who I picked. She's yeah. respectful. Yeah. She's open-minded. Yeah. She's fun and she can have deep conversations. Yeah. She likes to, this is kind of similar to open-minded. She likes to try new things with me. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, and example she of adores you. I mean, oh, I was going to say that she's, oh. aff she's affectionate. <laughs> yeah. I think these are things that guys want 
in a relationship, which I think is similar to how they view a relationship. They view and, a relationship as in what they're looking for. I would imagine, right? And 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 let's be clear for everyone listening, everything you just shared about Megan Tripp, you do the exact same thing for her. It is not a one-sided thing. You respect her, you adore her, you, you know, all, I, I, I forgot all the lists you just shared. And there's a real, what I love about the two of you is that I look at the two of you like a two, two cars driving at the same speed down the road. It's a two-lane street. It's not one pulling the other car or vice versa. There's a real um, dynamic and, and maybe a better analogy would be you're in the car together, driving together. And that's my hope for couples. Like one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast with you in particular is I want to have these conversations so couples can find that, that, that space of being what you just talked about, that teamwork, that partnership, that companionship, that, that person that's going to be there for you, you know, during the hard times and, and, and celebrate your joys together and play together and have wild sex together too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a big part of it. I'll say this. How do women view relationships? Yeah. My opinion is, is they want more variety than a man. I think oh, really? That, I think oh. that women want more variety. Now, let's be clear not, on the word variety, by the way. I'll, I'll, I'll give examples. I'll talk. Okay. And by the way, I want to be clear on what I'm saying. This is not a judgment. This is an observation. So okay. I'm not judging this. Yeah, you're not saying it as a statement. It's I'm just not saying the way it's bad or good. It. it just is, right? So, so women, I believe, want more variety. I think they want more variety in the bedroom. I think they want more variety. You know, the spice of life. They want to try new things in restaurants and trips and do things and have variety in their everyday life. I think that men want that too, to a degree, but I don't think it even comes close. I think a man can have, I'll give one example. He can kind of settle and nest into a relationship yes. a little bit more. Yes. Um, Wait, here, more here's so. one example. Here's one okay. example. By the way, this is not, I want to be clear, this is not the reason why I have this opinion, but it's just one example of what I'm okay. talking about. So I could eat the same dinner <laughs> three to four nights in a row easy be before getting sick of it. Okay. Megan has to have something new every single night. And that's fine. Okay. I don't mind it. I, I'm not, I don't like, I don't, variety is fun. That's great. But yeah. I don't need it. You know, it's like Megan's cooking something and she says to me, is it okay if we have this again? I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, it's totally yeah. cool. We can have that again. Anyways, that's just one example of why I think that women need more variety in a relationship. Well, I, I, I'm more I'm thinking about this because more spikes of, the, of emotions. Okay. Well, certainly there is a complacency I witness with so many couples where they get into their routine and, and maybe it's just simply, you know, sitting with the TV dinner and Netflix and chill. Not that there are TV dinners anymore, but I'm talking about, you know, quick takeout. Uh, what not? Yeah, I guess the new TV, and, the new TV dinners. Like I know door, is Uber Dash. DoorDash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uber, Uber, Eats, yeah. Uber Eats. Yeah. So I firmly believe that couples need variety. In fact, one of the basic human needs 
is, you know, it first need is certainty. We need certainty in our lives. And the, the second need is uncertainty, which means a sense of variety, a sense of spontaneity, a sense of like unpredictability because life can get rather, and certainly COVID created this for a lot of people, can create a lot of sedentary, complacent couples. So I don't know though, man. I don't think I've heard many men complain that they're bored in a relationship. I think you hear women say, again, I'm not judging them, just saying this is how it is, is I I think that women get bored faster in a relationship. I don't know. How many men have you heard say, I'm, man, I'm just well, really bored? Well, here's the question. Are they speaking up or are they just stuffing it in? Men have a, a propensity to stuff their emotions in and not speak up. So maybe that they are bored, they're just not speaking up. But would they just take action if they're bored? Wouldn't they just be like, hey, let's, man, I'm bored lately. Let's go do you know what? This. Humans can be humans can be rather lazy. <laughs> I'm not saying you know. True. There's, there's certainly true. the more alpha a person is, more likely the less likely they're going to sit sedentary and whatnot. But at the same time, yes, I do believe men tend to what I call nest into a relationship. It's one of the reasons why women initiate divorces far more than men because men will suck it up sometimes. It once they're in men, it's interesting. You know, it's funny. Why men commitment phobic is one of the top search terms for women. And yet I've observed most men, once they're in a relationship, they nest. They don't go anywhere. So it's I, don't, kind of, I don't think men are commitment phobic. I just think that they're not going to be committed until they find the right person. Exactly. And I, and I think exactly. a woman is searching that because she's, it's the same. So she's searching why are men commitment phobic? It's equivalent to a man searching into Google. How do I get a girl to like me? Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like it's 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 equivalent because that's a woman's biggest problem is she wants commitment and she's not going to get that from every guy because of course she wouldn't. That's the whole process of dating, right? And then a guy is trying to figure out how do I even get the girl. Did you and ever the, see? Oh, go ahead. Did you no, ever see the Seinfeld so. clip? It's one of his opening monologues. He talks about you know women complain about you know, men, and they say, you know, men want women, you know, like we're on, the, you know, like, that's, we, want, we, we, don't want want we just don't know how to do it. A lot of men, let's just be clear. A lot of men just don't know how to do it. So you're right. Men search for how to meet women, women search of how to make a com fully committed relationship work. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. So that's kind of one of the differences, really. I would say that, <laughs> I don't mean to put down my own, uh, my own gender here, but I'd say, <laughs> Yeah, a lot of men are really clueless on how to get a girl. I don't think yeah. women are clueless, though, on, on how to get a guy to commit. That's the thing is I don't think that women are clueless on that. It's just oh, that's their, that's I their pain Oh, I want to disagree with you, my friend. Why? Because you, you think that I women... Think well, okay, again, I'm thinking it from my gender, you know, my age bracket. Because in the divorced over 40 crowd, they're thinking, how can I get this person to commit? Because there's a significant percentage of people who are non-committal because they're no longer on the hunt for a wife and making babies. So again, it's the purpose of a relationship. I bring it back to this. And there is a disconnect that tends to happen. So they, a lot of times people are looking to just spend time with someone versus growing with someone, which really brings us to the next point is how can couples be on the same page? 
Like, well, I how think can Steph- they be on the same Well, okay, so on the same page. How can they be on the same page? Well, it definitely is going to start. I think that that starts in the very beginning of courtship. Yep. Exactly. Un- 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 unfortunately. I mean, it's not really like people don't like to hear that. It's like, imagine if you're in a relationship and you go, me and my girlfriend, me and my boyfriend, we're just not on the same page. I'm not saying that can't be fixed, but we're we're talking about something that could have, could have been avoided if you knew what you wanted in a relationship, which is really coming back to this whole topic of today. If you knew what you, you know what you want in a relationship and you're very clear on that, and you bring that to the very beginning of dating. Okay, so I have a test for you. Can I test you on something? Okay, you may not be aware of this, but one of the questions I have my clients ask men is, what does commitment look like for you? What does a relationship look like and what does commitment look like for you? And asking this on even before the first date on the telephone. How would you have responded, you know, pre-Megan? Okay, so ask me again. Let me, let okay, me, what let does me commitment? Zone. What does commitment and/or relationship look like for you? What does commitment mean to you? Commitment means to me that the girl I'm with is monogamous with okay. me. Okay, loyal, lo- loyal to me. And she loves me and adores me and is affectionate with me. Okay. And that we grow together. <laughs> okay. Ask me the same question because my response is a little different. Ask me, yeah. what does a relationship look like for you? What is a relationship? Was, well, was that what the question was? Well, what relationship is... and commitment. So they're kind of go, you know, we're, we're going to okay, put the two together. What does relationship and commitment mean to you, Jonathan? Okay. I love this question. Thank you for asking. <laughs> so I'm looking for a relationship where we, sp- in the beginning, where we spend three or four days and nights a week together, doing shared activities, hobbies, mutual interest, spending time with family and friends, traveling together, teamwork building skills, both in our personal and professional life, intimacy, both physical and emotional intimacy that leads to either moving in or getting married. <laughs> you like that, that don't that's you? That's a clap. Yeah, you know I love that because Why? it's so specific. Yes. That was and I appreciate the way you went at it and 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 again, I was I caught you off guard and No, that's I, okay because you're right, is if I was your client, you'd say, "Okay, that's good, but let's well, be more specific. What does that look like to you?" And what's interesting, there's a significant number of people walking around going, well, I want honesty and I want respect and I want this or that. Well, you, you know what? Those are all given. So let's look at the meat <laughs> yeah, of what... Those are defaults, should I call be a, them. Yeah, default. Thank you. Same. I call them givens, like the first equation in geometry. So, so isn't it rather, I find human beings so naive to actually understanding the mechanics to a relationship. And let me tell you something, my friend. It wasn't until you turned me on to the book Eight Dates by Drs. John and Julie Gottman that I go, oh, ding, 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 ding. This is the mechanics to the relationship is to understand these important questions. And I hope we can get the Gottmans on our podcast. So because I believe humans are rather naive to the mechanics to a healthy, happy relationship. I want to come back now and answer your question 
now that I've been thinking <laughs> about it a little bit. Because I hope that this can encourage or inspire others who are listening to it. Yeah. Is because this is the relationship that I want or I've always wanted and I have created it. So it would be having having one or two shared hobbies. Okay. Regular and consistent sex. Someone to help out with housework while I build my business. Okay. I will support that person emotionally and financially till the day we die forever. Okay. And by the way, and, to give all fairness, I've thought about this a lot. Yeah. So I caught you no, off guard. But it, no, no, it's cool. And now I like that I'm kind of doing this live with you. Yeah. So those are some. Well, of by the way, and you can build upon that. So, so let me ask you this. We're talking about relationship. When do they officially start? I believe a relationship starts when officially, you, officially, <laughs> officially, when you have the conversation with the person. Okay. And it's funny because, and I know you have a have stories about this, how people sometimes think they're in relationships, <laughs> like legit monogamous yeah. relationships yeah. when there yeah. was never a conversation. Yeah. And I just don't think that's possible. And nothing should ever be assumed until there's a conversation saying, hey, do we want to start a relationship? And what kind of relationship do we want to start? When I say what kind, it usually just means, are we doing something where we're monogamous? Or is it some sort of polyamorous relationship? Or what is that? And it starts at the conversation. So I'm in agreement that it begins when the what I like to think of it when there's a mutual agreement to explore something deeper. And what I mean to say is because I, I feel like monogamy and or exclusivity, because they, those are actually two different things. You know, agreeing not to sleep with other people is one thing. Agreeing not to date other people is another. And, and by the way, in the, the today's world, you know, that can be misconstrued a lot. So I believe when it's an agreement to say, we're going to explore something more, something deeper, something that has the potential for long term. And it's an agreement. So it, I mean, it starts with the conversation and an agreement. So I'm just adding and an agreement. Okay. 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 Yeah. I like that. So when did you have that a conversation if you're open to sharing? Sure. Uh, one, two, three, four, about four, five, four months. Okay. Four months in, I asked Megan to be exclusive with me. Okay. Now, are you willing to be transparent? I'm always transparent. Okay. I know you are. So did you... I, because I don't recall you ever dating any other people while you were seeing Megan. No, I wasn't. So really, you were but exclusive anyway. Well, I guess... I don't think you were sleeping with other people either. I mean, I guess you might, maybe I was technically exclusive because I wasn't seeing any other people. So, But I could have seen other people. And would okay. she have been upset? Maybe. But it wouldn't have been, I guess, 
wrong. Well, you're saying technically I didn't break any agreement because we didn't have an agreement. But at the same time, you and and I'm a big proponent. I'm going to share something with you. My feeling is once you begin dating someone, that means you're spending regular time together. That's an act the dating with the ING. There's a date and then the ING. That's an active thing. I like to date only really be dating one person at a time. It's just too complicated to it is to it put is your hard. energy. So so why not have the conversation much sooner to avoid? I know you you it was four months in for you. I'm like once you started down the track, why didn't you have it sooner? Because I wasn't, I did not want to be with her in an exclusive relationship sooner. Just because I wasn't seeing anyone else, there's a difference. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. I wasn't interested in sleeping with someone else. Okay. Oh, this is really good. We're really getting somewhere here. Check this <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> so, so I, love- I wasn't interested in seeing anyone else. Okay. But that didn't mean that I wanted her to be my girlfriend. I wasn't ready for her to be my girlfriend yet because I was still trying to figure out who this person is. And I think that when you have a conversation about, hey, we're in a relationship now, there's a little bit of an expectation that you guys might work on it. And it's kind of like with getting married. It's the same. It's a bigger expectation when you get married. So I'm just saying- So I have an idea. It's not about necessarily me dating or sleeping with other people. That doesn't say, oh, well, then I then why don't you just get into a relationship with that person? Because it's not about the fact that I'm only sleeping with her. I'm still trying to figure out, is this person someone that I want to take our relationship to the next level? And I'm figuring that out. And while I was figuring that out, I happened to also not be sleeping with anybody else. Okay, so this really begs the question we didn't contemplate. Are there different levels to a monogamous exclusive relationship before it hits a fully committed relationship? Like, because you're right. And I want to, in all fairness, you know, to some degree, we don't, it takes time to really get to know someone. You actually have to go through what my ex relationship used to call threshold barriers. It's going through some of the bumps that happen in the early stages and, and persevering through that. So there is, you know, I, I think it's important to have, I really believe if you're going to be physically intimate with someone, it's really important to have the monogamy conversation because I'm a person that doesn't want to get cooties. Okay. By the way, that's an old term from my generation. So, <laughs> um, so there's that, I think it's important to have that conversation and maybe have a conversation well, you didn't have the conversation that you were exclusive, and yet you were exclusive. So, Well, what does exclusive mean? Well, it means I'm not going to be on Bumble and Hinge and Tinder swiping while we're spending time getting to know one another so I can go date other people. Right. You know, I, okay. But but I could have been. I think that's the you difference. Could, well, okay. So we're different. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been cheating. You know what? I think if she had found out four months in that you still had a Tinder or excuse me, a Bumble or a Hinge profile, that would have hurt. Yeah. Hey, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that. And that, and I and I think it would have hurt me if I said to her four months in, hey, I want to be exclusive. And she's like, OK, I'll tell this other guy I'm sleeping with that I'm done with him. <laughs> <laughs> How would you I feel like, about that? Uh, <laughs> you know, of course, 
But, but uh, my opinion is, is if you don't have that conversation, you can do whatever you want. And, and I think that that um, I'm not disagreeing with spoken agreements are a bunch of BS. Well, again, having healthy communication, even if it and does hurt somebody, it's yeah. still, you know, yeah, you can get upset or of course you can. You feel the way you feel, but. You know, but people you also play person, games, but and people keep in mind play games going, well, we never had the exclusivity talk or we never had this, and that's their escape clause. And I want to listen, hear me out for a second, my friend, because I know you're an upstanding human being. So I'm I, I know that about you. I also think there there needs to be a level of accountability these days because there are people, for lack of a better word, unconsciously deceiving one another. So I'm just a bigger proponent of having these conversations, at least that first stage conversation of monogamy and, and the agreement not to be, you know, back on the dating apps as an example, a little bit sooner. That's just how I feel about it. And, you know, we're, we're, we might be mincing words here or perspectives a little bit because I, you know, the fact that your relationship is working, you did everything exactly the way it should be. I'd like to hold people to a little bit more of a higher standard. But then again, I'm a Puritan in that way. So. Yeah, I think so. I think you're a little bit more of a Puritan. I mean, a higher standard. I mean, <laughs> I guess. It, no, I, 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 Relationships I'm trying to, I'm trying to play are out. becoming disposable these days for I'm a lot of play- people. What was that? Well, this is another topic. Are relationships becoming disposable for a lot of people? And Well, I think that's playing victim. I think that if you want to. If you're someone who wants to get into a relationship and you know you want and you're dating someone, then you should bring it up. Yes. And you should bring it up to them. I I'm, think, okay. Agreed. Right. Agreed. Agreed. It's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So some people it's disposable. I mean, I don't know. I'm not really sure. By the way, that mean. should be a topic we should talk about. Is that, are you game? Is what? Is what? Are relationships becoming disposable? Yeah, that is a good topic. Well, we can, yeah. we can talk about that for a second now. I mean... Becoming Look, disposable, what does that so, mean? Well, I'm coming from a perspective. My mom and dad, my mom had one man in her life. I think my dad at best had two. So, you know, they went the distance from the very beginning. You know, with divorces happening, multiple marriages, mul- people having, you've, you've had five relationships. I've had two, not that that's a big, you know, I mean, and there have been certainly a couple that were like short term, a couple months in there too. I think there's a spectrum. I think that well, okay, if it's too enough. disposable and you're just going through people and you're trying to look for a unicorn, I don't mean like, like I mean a literal, well, not a literal <laughs> unicorn, that'd be an actual <laughs> unicorn, but a unicorn where, you know, your list of 50 things that you wanted a partner and that's what you're looking for and you're just going through it and whatever. But you do need to have some sort of, I feel like, when our parents and our parents' parents and grandparents were getting together, they were doing it. was survival-based. Yeah, it was survival. And the divorce rate's insane. Maybe you've heard this, Jonathan, is now people are getting married for love where you know millennials are, and Gen Z are getting married for, well, I'm a Gen Z, kind of young, but millennials are getting married for love. And then the generations before that were getting married for, 
I guess, I don't know if you want to say survival or convenience or. No, or... it started with my generation. The You know, I'm a tail end baby boomer, almost a Gen Xer. I would say beginning around the baby boom generation, it started to be more for love. I mean, it, there was survival back then because that was, you know, post-World War II, Vietnam and that sort of thing. It I do believe that certainly now. It should be for love because your generation has witnessed more divorce than, you know, but, like as witnessed. I think it's got to be even bigger than that. I think love, okay. love, it sounds too romantic comedy fluff, yeah. not realistic. Good it's, point. Good point. It's got to be about love and all the things that, this is a nice little way to wrap all this together. Yeah, it's got to be about love and what you're looking for in a relationship and the type of relationship you want. Because the love is going to evolve, right? The first 18 months are this crazy explosion of dopamine and oxytocin yeah. that is not ever going to be the same for the rest of the relationship. So you have this infatuation, quote, love stage, but then it grows to a different type of love. And then what happens is it becomes partnership and it does become roles, whatever roles you've assigned for each person once you're married and and you're having kids. And so then it, it becomes your job and your partnership to work on that love. But if you're just getting married for love, man, if I was just getting married for love, I'd be divorced three times by now. <laughs> well, I often wonder if every relationship was actually a marriage, how many marriages would you have had? <laughs> So, a, yeah. yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. So, yeah, it just... So, I'm loving this conversation, my friend. This was I really... I love you, my friend. Yeah. Aw, big hugs right back at you. I am loving this conversation because, you know, I hope more people have, with their partners, have more conscious conversations, real conversations from the heart and, and not from a place of fear of loss but from a place of speaking your truth, doing it from a kind place, speaking your truth, because the more couples really share, the more vulnerable, authentic, and transparent they are, I believe it actually builds those deeper roots of trust that actually makes a fully committed relationship. The standard to everyone, you know, you want everyone to look at you and say, that's the role model. I want that couple. I think that couples that are listening to this right now and are trying to figure out what they want in a relationship and, hey, good for you. Maybe you had that conversation when you first started. But if you didn't, now would be a good time to talk to your partner, whether you're listening to this with your partner or alone, and talk about what they feel this relationship is, where it's going, what they want. It's, it is a scary uh, conversation to have in a relationship. But, but here's what I found, Jonathan. Yeah. Being in the relationships that I've been in before, it's inevitable. Meaning that conversation is going to come up sooner or later in what you two want and what you think the relationship is. Because if it doesn't come up now... Well, maybe you'll be lucky and you kind of just form the roles and everything just kind of works out. Or two people have different expectations in a relationship and it comes out in conflict, in fights, and it will just cause an explosion. Yeah. So I think it's really important to have these conversations with your partner about 
what the heck is a relationship and what is it to you? Yeah, I want to just add something to that because you really want to avoid having to deal with this in a therapist's office. So the sooner you nip it at the bud, the better. So can I get an amen to that? <laughs> you can get an amen, my friend. All right. Okay. Wow. This was enlightening. This yeah. was very interesting. Jonathan, I always enjoy talking to you about some of these topics. If you're listening, which you are, because you hear my voice, we would love a five-star rating on Spotify. We would even more love a five-star rating on your iTunes. Why do I say more on iTunes? I don't know. I feel like that's the place where ratings are are really big and they and they put yeah. you up on the charts and and we want it, let's be transparent. We want this podcast I want this to be the number one podcast in the world. Don't you, John? Yeah, we need your help. I mean, really. I thank you. I want the same thing. So. Yeah, of course we do. We want a bunch of things. We want to talk to each other and connect with each other. We yeah. want this podcast to go out there and and be big so we can we can share some of our thoughts and opinions with others who share the same interest that we have, which is relationships and cultivating an awesome relationship. So Amen let's spread to the that. word. Amen. Love a five-star rating. Subscribe. And I appreciate you, buddy. It's a good conversation today. Likewise, Trip. Well, I'm Jonathan Asley signing off. I'm Trip Kramer signing off. See you on the next one. Have a good one.